0: Oh, Spanish, oh, there you are, welcome to Spooks, and not just any Spooks either, it's a Spooks Spanish special. Yes, Douglas Skelton, as the rest of the country was drifting away from Europe, he was heading in the other direction, to Spain, with his show, The Four Blokes, three of whom you'll hear on this Spanish special podcast. So sit down, close your eyes and soak up the sun and listen out for Douglas Skelton in Spain.
1: Hello, This is Douglas Skelton here, your roving reporter for books. And I'm going international because I'm actually in Javea in Spain, which is on the Costa Blanca. And I'm sharing a table uh, at a a roadside bar with the world-famous crime writers Gordon Brown uh, and Mark Leggett. No, I've never heard of them either. But... uh, Let's pass you over because we were having a fascinating <laughs> discussion which I thought we should share with the, the, the millions of Spooks readers who are out there, or, or listeners rather. Uh, and Gordon was told ta- We were talking about emergency numbers, as you do when you're drinking a lot. So, Gordon, do you want to tell us
2: again for the third time? <laughs> <laughs> you have millions of listeners. Oh, millions. N- now I'm nervous. Now I'm Only nervous.
1: because I've been drinking a bit.
2: So, in es- España, when there's an emergency... yes. You dial 112. I can tell you about the three ambulance services as well if you want. Anyway, <coughs> you dial 112.
3: Three?
2: Three, there's three ambulance services. There female, are
3: what? Male, female, and. No, female no, no, no. no. <laughs>
2: right, so before we get to 112, <laughs> there are three ambulance services. There is the uh, Cruz Roja, which is the Red Cross, right, right which are based. There is the hospital ambulance service, right. which is the normal one, and there's a private one you can buy on insurance. So you can pay monthly. So nice. during the height of summer, you've got a choice of three different ambulances to come and pick you up if you're injured. Ah. Yes, one of them you have to pay for, the other two you don't. Good. And lots of people pay for the third ambulance. Ah. And that's like three numbers for emergency. Right. See? In Spain it's 112. Right, okay.
3: okay.
2: In Britain it's 999. Yeah. And in America it's 911. Yes. Yeah? But because of European law, it also has to be 112 in Britain. So if you dial 112 in Britain, you should get through to emergency services. Yep. And because there's so many American programmes on British TV, if you dial 911, you should also get through to emergency services in Britain. I have
3: no idea.
2: But I would suggest you don't do that and you dial 999 if it's a real emergency. Because if I'm wrong, I have no idea who you're phoning.
3: You're burn to <laughs> I,
2: you, could be pho- you, you could well get through to the time, yes. which would be really useful... You're while we are in the emergency, they're telling you, yes, we know you're dying, but it's 3.22. Yes. yes, at the beep. At the beep. Well, <laughs> I
3: always found out that, what I was told when I was a young Cub Scout, that on the rotary dial telephones, which we had when we were young, you know, we, we wrote with that telephone, rickets, consumption, things like that, that you used two fingers, and it was 999 because you could locate with your finger where the zero was, because that's when the dial ended, and then dial 9. So, if you were, say, overcome by smoke or drink, mm-hmm. if you live in Partick, yep. then you could still dial 999 while you're flat and burned to death from the chip on fire.
1: Can I just say that God and I would like to disassociate ourselves from the, co- the, palm the, palm the palm comments uh, about Partick, which is a lovely place. Uh, Mark Leggett is from the East Coast, uh, and therefore he knows not what My he mother's does. From
2: My grandmother's from Partick. My grandmother's from Partick. They used to live in Partick, where they lived in White Edge. Which is My mother loved plastic. Slightly down, down, downwind of Partick. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you do and know that you do know that wind <laughs> is why Glasgow's built the way it is? No, wind, wind. Yeah, so uh, why are all the posh houses in Glasgow on Bearsden, Mogai, and they used to be in the well, old days walks. when High Street started, right? When High Street in Glasgow started, all the posh houses were along a Gile Street going west. Was it because the poor people farted a lot? Is that why, they, you know, they wanted course, to get away from it? And this is also true of Liverpool, and this is also true of Manchester, and this is also true of a lot of the old cities. So the prevailing wind, yes, yes in, in Britain comes yes. from where? Uh, the west. Yes, so when you built industry... If you lived downwind, chances were all the stuer that went up was coming your way. So in the middle of Glasgow, all the stew went east. So all the poor areas east, all the posh. So what happened was they moved to Argyle Street, and then when that got populated, they moved up to where Park Circus is. And when that got populated, the rich people then moved out to Mogai, out to Bear's so yeah? If you go to Edinburgh castorfin, its all right. on that side. You go to Liverpool, and the reason was the original houses was otherwise. What you were doing is when there was tons of stew, you're basically putting your house where all the stew was going to end up.
3: Right. So I see as, a, as an East Coaster, then
1: we've been choking in this filthy West Coast.
3: Yes, stew. of course you have.
2: Yes. Swines. Yes.
1: As it should be. But there we are. Spooks not not only entertaining but educational as well. Tune in for more from Javea over this weekend where four blokes are performing uh, on, the, on Saturday night uh, and there will be more because Denzel told me to do this. Thank you.
3: Excellent.
1: Here we are again. This Spooks roving reporter uh, in, in Spain under some brilliant sunshine. We are sitting on the terrace of best-selling crime writer Gordon Brown's palatial Spanish villa <laughs> uh, overlooking the town of Javea. Uh, looking down at at the little people and occasionally waving to them and uh, pelting them with um, bits of of ham and tomato that we haven't eaten for lunch. Uh, But uh, we're actually talking about the four blokes in search of a plot show which is uh, taking place in Javier tonight. So just want to say hello, guys. Gordon, want to say hello? Hello, guys. <laughs> Hello, it's Mark. Hello, everyone. That's Mark Leggett, um, spinster of this parish, <laughs> who is the the third rung of the four blokes. Unfortunately, the fourth bloke, uh, Neil Broadfoot, couldn't uh, couldn't take uh, couldn't come here this weekend, uh, so he will be much missed and uh, hugely derided. But we're we're planning uh, tonight's uh, attack. On, on the audience.
2: Uh, so how how do we think, Gordon? How do we think it's going to go tonight? Well, it's not, it's not the one thing you used. To, I get asked most about four blokes is what rehearsal do you do? No, which is none. It's because impossible. you it can't do it. So planning for tonight is a little more than right. Who's going to say what way? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to remember to tell the audience how it works? Aye. Which we frequently forget. Who's, who's going to tell us? <laughs> well, we have no idea. How
3: Gordon's it works. made a list of all the things we should do in the list and the order we should do them. However, what I've However, also
2: done is because we are down one bloke, I've right. recruited my mate out in Spain who's out here quite a bit.
1: Which means we, are four. we four, have four. We hey. so have
2: four. we're four. And Ian volunteered yesterday to do The Door, right? No. And now he has a list of, at the last count, eight things <laughs> <Yeah>. to do, <laughs> and he doesn't does know.
1: When you say Ian volunteered...
2: Well, I volunteered Ian. Yes. So Ian Hall uh, is a friend of mine who has got a place out in Spain, and he's been out here. He's out here a good few months a year, and he happens to be here at the moment, bringing his nice... he's very nice wife with him tonight, Tracy, and his mother-in-law and father-in-law, thinking he was going to a nice quiet evening to watch us make a complete arse of ourselves, And at the moment, he's probably going to do more work than we are. <laughs> As it should. Be. As, As it should, it kind kind of because,
1: because we are the talent. Yes, yes we, we are. are. We are the stars. We are. And I just hope that you know, we... there are individual dressing rooms in, in the venue tonight mm-hmm. and that they have adhered to my demand mm-hmm. uh, that there should be no uh, yellow Smarties in the room No, normal.
3: I want no blue M&Ms.
2: Let's see, I, I want Smarties, I don't want m I don't eat chocolate, so what can I not have? You can, have pes- you can not <laughs> well, have presents I pesps. can have not have chocolate Well I'll yeah. tell you what you're not having, you're not having my
1: Smarties <laughs> I'll not
2: have I wouldn't want your Smarties yeah. The good thing is, not having chocolate I will throw a fit if there's chocolate in the room <laughs> <laughs> I will throw a straw up on the basis they put chocolate in my room. Gordon, just just to explain, Gordon has been very much uh, in the forefront for
1: for this show tonight. He's 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 pulled it all together. He's he's worked um, almost tirelessly uh, in between long bouts of lying down. Yes. Um, so, uh,
2: what's the audience looking like? What's the so at the moment we've got registered for the event tonight. We've got over one hundred and thirty that are registered to come along. Hell knows what it is they think they're coming to. We've got to do a thanks out to the uh, Javi account, Council, the gentleman here, because they're the ones supporting us in bloody Scotland. Without them we wouldn't be here. No. Thank you very much. Yes. Hang on a minute. I Thank just you very much. Can I just open another beer before we continue <laughs> <laughs> before we continue this? Uh, so if we get, I reckon tonight if we get over hundred, we'll have done well Aye. in but terms of number of people. Which is in. good
1: because the venue only takes twenty. Aye. So yes. it's going to be very interesting. And if there's a no, hundred at the end, that'll be uh, even better.
2: Yeah, I know no, no, that. That reminds me of a story. Is uh, was it Chris Brookmire was saying when he used to do his stand-up with Mark Billingham he was disappointed if less than four people walked out.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I, I'm actually being unfair. The venue takes
1: 150. It does, yes. Uh, at, at the least. Um, yes. And it's a great venue. Um, 17th century. 17th century. The building goes back to 17th century. Owned by the church. So yeah. You're in real
2: trouble. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 So, I have so, seen my
1: swearing in Latin. Only. Yes, Mark, Mark has been warned. I'm already warned. no. No nuns, no pneumatic nuns, no and no
3: jumpsuits. greased cardinals, yes. Yes. no swearing in Latin.
2: I'm fairly sure there's going to be people in the audience, so look at that, and like there's a crucifix behind you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. Actually, the crucifix is movable, what we'll do is just put it right behind you, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then leave it there for the night, that'll work. Santa Marco. And every so often when you go off in one, we'll just point at it, you know, right. there you go, Mark, just remember. You're going to hell. Yes. <laughs> It'll be a great show. It'll it be will be. be. It should be a good show, and, and we're you. also trying something new, which is we haven't tried it before. So that's that's the downside. The second right. half, we're going to let them try and derail us slightly, aren't we? Yes, yes, yes. And what I'll do is I'll maybe
1: record a, a wee bit tonight right. for the the podcast. Yes, for um, our trial when just,
2: it comes up. Just for <laughs> a, yes. a week first, and Monday for exactly. evidence.
1: <laughs> Uh, and uh, we can include it in this special report from Spain for spooks. You can, that'd be a good idea. That'd be a good idea. Okay, we'll sign this one off just okay. now. And we'll submit this as our defence. Yes. Yes. And when I do we get paid th- for we'll these? Do more. <laughs> I'll just cut this down now. Thank you very much. Bye, all. So, as you know, we, we were there to actually uh, do a show, which we did on the Saturday night, apart from all that, that nonsense that goes beforehand, and what follows is a wee bit of history during the show that Gordon Brown uh, related to the audience.
2: The Persians back in the day, this is 2,000 odd years ago, they had a way of making decisions, which is really, really clever. What they would do is sit as a city council, and they would have a debate about the day and what was going on and what needed to be done, and they would make decisions. And they would write them down, or the scribe would write them down. Then at night, they would go and get drunk, and they would read the answers they come up with, and if they still agreed with them when they were drunk, they did it. And they did it the other way round. They would go and get drunk, have the town meeting, make all the decisions, and then when they woke up the next day when they were sober, if they still agreed with the decisions from last night, that's what you have to do when you write drunk. You wake up the next day and you think, I've cracked it. I've written the <laughs> best thing ever. And then you pick it up and you read it and you go, oh my God, no I haven't. <laughs> it's, but sometimes it does work. Sometimes, you, I think Mark said it, sometimes you have to write rubbish to get past somewhere. He'd, I always think the moments I'm writing the best are the ones that are the hardest to do when I'm flying I kind of go back and I look at it and I think I'm not so sure about that but see those moments when you have self-doubt Douglas will talk for this but imposter syndrome when you're an author is there every day I never think I've got a next book in me so I need to find a way to get through it and if it takes a pint now and again to go through it that might, but I don't think I could do the Ernest Hemingway and I definitely don't think I could write completely blind drunk like some authors have said they've done because I just wouldn't remember what it was yeah, I, I agree with Morgan. Uh, sometimes I don't think he's got another book in him, no, <laughs> <laughs> You never think you've got another book in. If you've got another book in you're not supposed oh, to be. I you know I'm supposed to
1: be, yes. <laughs> so in the end, it was left to me, unfortunately, to wrap up what had become, as is usual with The Ford Lobes, a very bizarre story. Just to explain, we were giving a, a protagonist, Dick Pinto, And the murder weapon uh, given by the audience was a boomerang. Now, Dick Pinto uh, had intended to murder Nancy Rathbone, who he saw as the bane of his existence for various reasons. Nancy Rathbone, however, had been induced by a mysterious Aborigine um, to kill Dick Pinto. And she, too, was given a boomerang. Now, to make matters worse, the audience uh, wanted us to also include a character called Miss Tess Tickle. Yes. Uh, that's the, the the standard of humour. And um, I think it was Gordon who decided that Miss Tess Tickle uh, was a, a crime fighter who was going to prevent the two from killing each other. It was then left to me to wrap up everything... And also include yet another character given to us by the audience, who you will find out if you listen to this clip. This tickle. I'm the dog's bolts of a
3: crime, writer.
1: crime fighter. Crime fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about you. <laughs> These crime fighters stood over him. Dick, she said. Yes, he answered. She tutted. I wasn't talking to you, she said. I was making an observation. <laughs> Tess Tickle grabbed hold of his boomerang and wrenched it from him. He yelped in a high falsetto, but she ignored him as she turned to Nancy. Miss Rathbone, put the boomerang down and step away from that Aborigine. You have been induced into skullduggery by a ruthless individual. Nancy, shocked from her trance, dropped the weapon. I don't understand what's happening, she asked. I'll tell you, said Tess, but I'll do it very quickly because the four blokes are running out of time and everyone wants to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Dick here has hated you for years and plotted to murder you with a boomerang. However, the person who gave you that weapon heard about it and hatched a diabolical scheme to remove you both from the scene. The plan was to have a boomerang duel that would claim you both. But why? Why? Tess stood with legs akimbo and hands on hips in traditional superhero pose. Chaos, she said. That person behind you wants to seek chaos, and by forcing people to kill each other often in unusual ways, that will help in that aim. Nancy turned to the old Aborigine. But who is he? Tess stepped forward. He is not who you think, or what you think. She reached up and pulled the rubber face mask on the person's face. She revealed someone who was not unknown to both Nancy and Dick. (laughs) Theresa May, they (laughs) exclaimed. Yes, proclaimed Tess. This was the latest plan to help seed chaos and despair, like Brexit on a smaller scale. (laughs) But I won't let that happen. And with that, Tess whipped out an extra long roll of silver paper and wrapped the former Prime Minister up. Curses said to his army, foiled again. (laughs) again. We are we are back. It's the Sunday afternoon. We are back at um, best-selling author Gordon Brown's sumptuous um, uh, villa uh, overlooking the, the town of Javea, Casa El Gordo. It's called apparently, <laughs> and um, his staff have uh, served us you know a lovely lunch and have cleared away the dishes. And uh, we're now out on the terrace. Uh, for a little post mortem as to how the four blocks in search of a plot went last night.
2: So, uh, Gordon, how do you think it went? I think, honestly, I think it's one of the better ones we've ever done. Aye. In terms of, we did we did take a few risks did we not yes. changing the format slightly, but changing the format seemed to work. Yeah. We actually asked the audience in the second half to kind of make it a bit more difficult by giving us phrases or characters or words to add in as we wrote. But I think last night worked really well for me because the one thing was I think most of the audience didn't have a clue what it was they were coming along to <laughs> yeah was, but neither did we yeah it's true it was fairly self-evident at the beginning because everybody I talked at the end said I have no idea that's what it was going to be right. and there was a danger that if they weren't all book people that we could have fallen flat on our face because yeah. they might have thought this is some sort of I don't comedy, know, comedy t- act and it wasn't I think it went really well yeah. Mark? I
3: think it went very well um, it was, I, could see, I could see at the start they were looking at us going right what the hell is going on here so once Gordon explained it, you could see they were kind of all on board and waiting for a few things. And the, the different second half, the first time we've tried this, the different second half, I think really worked because using that wee technique, we got, a, we got quite a few good laughs out of the suggestions that they gave to us.
2: Well, I tell you what the suggestions do, which is change the route of the story. Yeah. Because normally we try to follow on to what the other person said and you get on a track and one of us has to take it offline. What they did last day takes you offline because it's just not possible.
3: I I don't mind that because sometimes when I thought, God, if I'm next, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to write. But with the suggestion, you go, hold on a minute. I know I can can take a, a suggestion I can take and take that somewhere else. And get away with it because it's their fault for giving me a
2: suggestion. And Douglas got to play with Theresa May. Yes, he did. I did. Mm, yes. yes. I did. All I that. didn't know she was in the audience, to be fair. No, <laughs> be she kept it quiet. She did as well, yes. She was very well hidden there, wrapped <laughs> in silver foil. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: no, I think it went very well. I was quite enjoyed it. Yep. It was a good wee I- location as well in the middle of the, um, the village. Um, and once we had adjusted the lighting and the man with the microphones turned up, which we thought... It was taking a while, but he came came
1: eventually.
2: Yeah, we had some issues
1: with the sound throughout, but it It didn't matter. matter.
2: The only thing I like about it is the the sound man was supposed to be there at five o'clock and arrived at seven, Yeah, (laughs) which even in Spain is late. Yeah, (laughs) For Spain, Spain, even I'll say two hours is is pushing it, but it's just as well we did arrange for five, otherwise we'd have been doing the sound at half past nine when they were leaving. (laughs) That's
3: seriously (laughs) playing hard to get.
2: Yeah. But I think the other thing I think that comes out last night is that uh, it's, it's some of the questions, and I love the guy who's got Writer's Block. Yeah. Right? Who ended up having one of the best suggestions for a character aye, aye. and the, the weapon, and it ended up being the one that uh, asked one of the best questions. Yes. And now I've just found out he's writing a play yeah. with someone else in the audience. Like, so what he's on about Writer's Block, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. No.
3: Yeah, I think maybe he thought it was a good question. That is a good question. No, it, right? it? it was a good question, but it's question just question he didn't sound it.
2: like he had writers. Block. <laughs> no, <laughs> no yeah, he, he just been... said like he wasn't using his imagination. Yeah, in the right I think way. he may yeah.
3: have been stuck in a story of a plot line. Yeah, yeah, I and, think so. Which yeah. is not quite writers' work, but um, but no, it was good questions, good audience. <laughs> well, last
2: night we had Dick Pinto was there um Dick, Bloody, Pinto, Dick, Pinto, Dick yes. Bloody or Dick Spotty Pinto as or he Dick became boomerang Pinto and then eventually because the weapon was boomerang. Yes. And we almost had a boomerang duel. Do you, you know I figured out something last night we missed. What? It's so blindingly obvious. What? You could have had the I just thought I, I shouldn't give this away. I've just thought of the great plot line. They could have both killed themselves.
3: The because if they both killed they boomerangs, the and them and came them. back and hit them, in <laughs> which
2: case it couldn't be murder. Is that suicide? Yes. I, did you, did, or is it accidental Mur- death? Mur- suicide by boomerang. Oh, so suicide by boomerang on the basis that... I just thought about it. They, they, could, they could have got killed each other, mm-hmm. and Theresa may have got away with it, on yeah. the basis that they killed each other. They didn't kill each <laughs> other, they killed themselves. Yeah.
1: Boomerang killer. The sequel would be Boomerang killers, The Return. Yes, <laughs>
3: ah, ah, yes, no. Boomerang 2, went back. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> or if you're really bad at so Boomerang this. 2, it didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> so. But that's the best thing about getting the weapons, is the weapons you wouldn't choose. At least
3: that was a decent weapon, though. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah. mean, the, the, well, was the first one we had, the potato peeler. And
2: it was a Not corset. bad.
3: A corset, oh God, the corset
2: a knife for a gun—you have to get kind a of dump. You yeah. don't. But it, no, just... it has to be something. The
3: course—the course that worked eventually.
2: The, there was a Scottish. Well, you do realise there was a slight anti-Scottish bias in the room. No. There was a wee bit, and it was only a, well, it wasn't anti-Scottish, but there was a kind of stereotyping because there was at least four I read that put haggis as the way. Oh yes, yeah. oh, oh, ha- yeah. There was a lot of haggis. There was a lot of, haggis, haggis, a lot of yes. haggis. And it was kind of Tinned haggis. Well, as one, well. of, one of the one of the uh, ladies at the front commented on the fact that she needed a. Ha- she had to translate Glaswegian for her husband, yeah. Like, yeah. and that was talking to you. Halfway, Aye, she halfway was saying, through. I can
3: understand that the, these two chaps, and, no. but you were at us, no, they're West Coast, I'm East Coast. Mm. Get subtitles, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: We or, need to get translations for him, <laughs> yes, we do. Do you know what we need? Do you know those the, the, that goes under the TV? How do you get words once under you, floating subtitles. in a video? I subtitles, no, but all I mean is oh, floating yeah. Co- in video,
1: captioning, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, to help. do that.
2: Especially for Mark Leggett, <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so and what, I know. She said I was speaking too fast. So I slowed down, and I looked at her, I could see that blank look mm. on her face I might as well have been speaking Chinese backwards. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I tell you what I found. I used to did a, did a lot of work in America, a lot, various different countries, and when you're doing workshops, A, it, it's not first language if you're like Italy, Spain, so you've got a problem. In, in America, your accent gets in the way. Yeah. So what you do is you slow down and you... And it drives you nuts yeah. because you can't. Nuts. So what you do is you speed up, mm-hmm. right? But with an American accent. <laughs> yeah. So I, I lived in Canada back in the eighties, and when I landed for the first month, nobody talked to me because they just didn't understand what I was saying. Mm-hmm. I got lifted into the airport from a friend of, who's now my wife, and he never said a word. Turns out he talks more than I do, but he never said a word because he couldn't understand. Jeez. So what happened was I learned slow down. And then I just sped up when I put a Canadian act- just put an accent on, right? Yeah. I come home about nine months later. Canadian Glasgow And I was and... sitting in my mum's house and my mum just looked at me for two hours as I told stories about Canada. And then she goes, Why have you got a stupid accent? And I went, <laughs> I don't oh. And I couldn't get rid of it. I went <gasps> out and I went to the pub with my mates the next night. I got the absolute piss ripped out of me. And I couldn't stop doing it. I just got so used to speaking yeah, in me. a stupid accent, I could not get rid of it. I
3: had no I had to um... Well me it was I must I must I didn't do this last night, I should have done. It's that BBC Scotland accent. Yeah. And that is understood.
2: Yes. You can do Even that.
3: though you sound like a tit.
2: Uh-huh.
1: De- Denzel talks about uh David Monteith who <laughs> who is a voiceover artist, not right. a good one. He does a, he does Denzel's audio audio and his profession is voiceover artist, and Denzel says David Munteith, voiceover artist. He does it really well, <laughs> and I'm sure when he puts all this together, he'll he'll do it for us. <laughs> yeah, so He's a voiceover artist, <laughs> um, but so that, that's probably what you need to do. Uh, but sure. yeah, overall, I think it was it was, was a good. great night. I think, I think in the end, that lady.
3: Understood what I was saying because I did slow down. You got it there. But yeah, at right. first, I was like, I thought maybe she's right. But you have
2: to be precise. <laughs> Years ago, I had to work with Brian Blessed. <laughs> we, we had to record. Brian! So, so blessed. Brian Blessed was, he wasn't, he wasn't he, I was on I was my STV at the time, and he was in the London studio, and Aye. we were in the STV studio, I and mean, we no visual, just uh-huh. communication. Yeah. And there was a, a company called SmartyCars.com, which is the kind of predecessor to. Um, we Buy Any Car, yeah. it's one of those sites but it was too early, it yeah. tried to do too early, but they wanted Brian Blessed to do the voice, right. so all we got was sitting in the studio and suddenly hear this Brian Blessed and he's quite gentle talking and he said, you've got the script, we've got the script, well this is the way we'll do it, we'll get you to read all. The... you do it through in a one hour, then what you do is go back over the bits you want to repeat and the best thing he said, he said, right. he said do you want the quiet Brian <coughs> Or do you want the enormous... And it's the way he did it. He said, no, we'll have the second one, please. <laughs> <laughs> please tell me that you
1: told him that you were breathing so that he would go,
2: Gordon's alive! <laughs> no, no, we, we had Gordon. We had got... The other thing he was, he was just about... He'd just climbed Mount Everest at the age of 60, whatever he was, age, and made it all the way up. Aye. He was crossing the Atlantic... Not the Atlantic, the Canadian with Husky with... Now, who's the adventurer boy? Well, Fiennes. The... No, 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 young lad... Um, Oh, his the name will come back. I can't remember. No, 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 it's, I can't remember who it was he was going to do it with. And he wanted to go into space. Right. He'd applied to the Russians to... because the Russians were taking him into space at the age of whatever. Because I... his voice is
1: already out there. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs>
1: Why as well have the
2: rest of them? We had you? no problem with projection right.
1: last night. He no. didn't, didn't have the phone, the Russians. He just opened the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's the, the, the Spanish show is over. And it's been a... a Fabulous weekend, you know. Sorry to everybody back in Blighty, but the weather is incredible. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm not really sorry; I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, so, what's next for us? What are we doing next? Somebody want to? Oh, The We're Glasgow
2: International Comedy Festival Ooh. on March the 18th at yes. Glad Cafe in shawlands yes. from 7:30. Tickets available versus. versus. Via the Glasgow International Comedy website at a very reasonable How much are we charging? Six pounds. Six quid. Six pounds? I mean, pounds? cheap at half the price.
1: Maybe six pounds six. Mm-hmm. I think there's a wee booking fee or something, but something round
2: about that. Six yes. quid just to be in the safety. Excellent. So uh, it's five quid for me and 50p each for you. Yes. <laughs> cool. You heard that. We've got that in contract. It's a verbal contract. <laughs> so, so, if, so the eight people that have booked. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you're in Glasgow. Uh, please come along, you can find out what we, we have been rabbiting on about during this, this <laughs> special edition of, of Spooks. Everyone is different. So even though you, you, you will hopefully get a wee snippet of what happened last night, if, if I can work out the, the, the technicalities of pulling the sound off the, the video. Um, for now, for now. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I want to be taken
2: up the a mongo yeah <laughs> the okay yeah. Uh,
1: just to explain the mongo is is a mountain here right at right behind us, right behind us. As, as we speak it is right behind us it doesn't and, uh, move
3: though uh, it's
1: usually right it's behind us yes. no but then it could be in front of us if we turned if we moved. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, at the moment it's behind us and uh, you know people do like to be taken up the mongo yes. um so I haven't got time to be taken up the Mongo, Uh but you know doesn't take long if I ever come back. I'm, you know, I think I would like that experience. Um, Good enough. So, uh, please come along to the Glad Cafe Wednesday, March the eighteenth. Part of the Glasgow International Comedy Festival. Four blokes in search of a plot. It is different every time, um, and. Uh, so far, we've been very lucky that nothing's actually gone pear-shaped, no. but it's going to happen at some point. No, no, no,
2: what we've been very lucky is nothing has gone right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Yeah, and no deaths. I mean, that's know, always a bummer. No, 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 yes, at least we got out alive last night. Yes. Uh,
1: so, and this this will more or less wrap up the this special international edition of <laughs> Spooks. Yes. I have been your roving reporter, Douglas Skelton, and the guests for this have been... Gordon Brown. And Mark Leggett, so it's... um, Hasta pronto. Hasta pronto from Javea in Spain. The Four Blokes in Search of a Plot Trip to Spain was made possible by Bloody Scotland, who actually got the show on the road, and also Javea Adjuntament who got it on the stage, providing a superb venue in Javier. The music used in this podcast is Guiton Sketch by Kevin MacLeod, and it was used under Creative Commons licence from Incompetech.com. You've been
0: listening to A Spooks, Special all the way from Javier in Spain with Douglas Skelton, Mark Leggett, and Gordon Brown. Three of the four blokes. This episode was produced by Douglas Skelton and is a Houses of Steel production hosted by Anchor FM.